This episode is brought to you by Margie Lamb, health coach and founder of Healthy and Hustlin'. Are you fed up with the dieting and the seemingly contradictory health advice out there? Do you want to feel great in your body and accomplish your goals in a way that's empowering and not overwhelming? For me, the answer was an easy yes. Five years ago, I was pushing 200 pounds. I worked out twice a day and counted my calories. I didn't really see a movement on the scale nor my body type. So I decided to check my ego and call up a health coach. Margie, as a certified integrative nutrition health coach, works with each client as a guide and mentor to build a healthy, sustainable lifestyle that will help you reach your health goals. She offers free one-hour initial consultations. To learn more, visit her website, www.healthyandhustlin.com. That's www.healthyandhustlin, spelled H-U-S-T-L-I-N, dot com. When was the last time you woke up at 6 o'clock in the morning, turned on your local news, and you enjoyed the story that a journalist reporter brought to you, or got frustrated and angered by a story that the journalist and anger brought to you? You ever stop and think about, man, I wonder what's going through the mind of the journalist, the anchor, to bring me that news at such a time in the morning. What time did it, they get up and prep for this? What kind of support system does the anchor have at home? How about the colleagues they have at work? A few weeks ago, I reached out to Oklahoma City Fox 25, Chris Stanford. Follow him on Twitter for, I don't know, almost a year. We met up for coffee. I asked him to come on the podcast. His response was, when? So a few weeks ago, Chris sat right here. Started at 5.30, 6 o'clock morning newscast. Was finished by 9, 9.15, in this chair by 10. We took a deep dive into his personal life. How him and his wife work with their three daughters. How's he enjoy life? What are some of his habits? What are some of his setbacks? How much he appreciates his family, his colleagues? Chris has only been in Oklahoma City for about three years now. The impact he is making, along with his colleagues, his family, is amazing. You'll want to check out this podcast. We appreciate you, Chris. We appreciate your story, the time you took to share it with us. Thank you so much. We appreciate you, man. (laughs) Welcome back to Defining Moments Podcast. My name is Wong Lam, and today's special guest is Chris Stanford. Chris, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. A few months ago, actually, I followed you, my wife and I followed you on our podcast uh, Twitter handle for a very long time and and noticed your tweets and really, really enjoy your inclusion of just of all the followers you always you, you tweet really good stuff positive stuff and what you report and how you report it and find that really interesting how you engage others you're a local anchor here for fox 25 mm-hmm. uh, father you know husband to three daughters and so how's life today for you life's good man yeah. life is busy uh 
And the three girls keep me really busy and being a dad keeps me busy, work keeps me busy. But that's uh, that makes life rewarding for me. Yeah, uh, I like to be busy and life is good right now, man. Yeah, yeah. It is. What time did you get up this morning? The reason why I ask is I literally saw you on the news <laughs> about an hour ago and yeah. now you're sitting in the studio here. Uh, alarm goes off at 2.30 a.m. Yeah. every single day, Monday through Friday and uh, on the weekends, uh, you know, I might push it to like five o'clock, maybe six o'clock in the morning is like sleeping in yeah. a long time for me. Usually yeah. my, my oldest daughter will wake me up uh, just before six o'clock on the weekends. Yeah. yeah. A lot of our followers on the podcast, they see our interaction with you and they're like, you should get him on. He's, he's really, oh, well. really fun and he's really cool. And so I told my parents that you're actually coming on. They're like, hey. We see them on at eight o'clock in the morning and it's way after the other channels go to national. Yeah, news. the only local now uh, only a local station that's on from uh seven to nine. Yeah. Uh and we, we try to take full advantage of that. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I think you guys do your uh what I really appreciate besides the the fact that you all bring the news to us mm -hmm. is we feel like just your interaction, your bond with the anchors and your staff is really mm -hmm. authentic and fun and genuine well i think that's what people want to see and that's that's the only way i know how to do it yeah that's the only way i've done it for you know going on just about 15 years now because when you turn on the tv you want to be able to make some sort of connection personally yeah with whoever you're getting your information from right and uh you know i make you know uh, I, I don't hide the fact that, you know, I'm just, I'm just a guy and I have a family and I have vulnerabilities and mm -hmm. I have weaknesses and, you know, I enjoy certain things. I might not enjoy other things. Right. So I think that that authenticity uh, really uh, lets people in mm -hmm. and they do start to form some sort of a connection with you. And yeah. if I can achieve that, then I, I think viewers will come to us or come, you know, because my, my, my co-anchors and, my colleagues do the same thing that yeah. people will turn us on because uh, they feel that sense of, uh, I don't know if intimacy is the right word, mm -hmm. but they feel some sort yeah. of connection. They feel some sort of closeness with us and they can relate. So they, they can turn us on when you know, it's time for them to get their news. Yeah, it really is true. Cause I work at Chesapeake and after I work out in the mornings, I go to breakfast and we have these uh, cafeterias and Fox uh, 25 is always on the TV. Well, right and that's on. why that's I always great. see it. I take pictures like, hey, I know this guy. And, uh, you know, so it's fun. Right on. It's fun. I have a question to ask because I'm really interested. How do you, you said you've been up since like 2, 2.30. How do you prep for a newscast? And mm -hmm. then what's your mindset like? Let's just say maybe you're not feeling it that day, but mm -hmm. you have to go on air. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, you you got to feel it it's yeah. like there's no other option it's like yeah the it's it's you can't do the job right if you're having an off day mm -hmm. it's like you've got to plow through whatever wall might be in front of you mm -hmm. and once you're once you're on set and you know the red light's on and you're live uh it, it's it's go time i mean yeah. you know i don't want to let people down and i have managers to you know to deliver for too and i don't want to let anybody down i've yeah. got my I've got to I've got to be there for my coworkers too in the morning, mm -hmm. and the viewers at home. I mean, that's who really matters. So there is no like, ah, I'm just going to mail it in today. 
<laughs> you know, I, I don't have that luxury right. as other people might because they'll see it on my face. You know, yeah. they'll, they'll be like, wow, Chris is super tired today or he's mm -hmm. not feeling it. And they'll see through that. Yeah. So if you, when you come in at, I get in at 3.15 yeah. every single morning. So I've got an hour and 45 minutes to prep for the show. Mm -hmm. I've got a couple of things to do. Um, uh, a couple of duties, you know, depending on what the day is. But my first objective and my most important objective is to understand what the news of the day is. Mm -hmm. So uh, I know what, you know, what's important and what's not and what to focus on and what to leave out. Yeah. Because I don't want to waste anybody's time in the morning. It's like right. everybody's watching in the morning with limited time and yeah. with uh, everybody's attention span is smaller too. It's yeah. like if, if you start talking about stuff that might not be important or right. stuff that's irrelevant, stuff that's old, people will turn off and they'll go find it somewhere else. So they'll pick up their phone or they'll get distracted and, and turn you off. Yeah. So I, I do not take a moment's, a moment of the viewer's time for granted. And I think mm -hmm. that that's incredibly important. So that all starts with um, understanding what the news of the day is yeah. uh, whenever I get in. Yeah. So, you know, we I want to make sure that we're not missing certain stories. If there's a big story that we might not be covering, uh, I want to make sure I'll do whatever I can uh, to make sure that that gets in. And I'll, you know, help out my colleagues around me mm -hmm. and um, I'll prep going through scripts. Um, you know, there's you, you can rewrite some stuff. Yeah. Maybe I don't yeah. talk like that. So I'll rewrite some scripts or That's maybe cool. I'll add a couple of facts into a certain story or yeah. provide some context or perspective to a story. Yeah. Um, but, but most of, most of it's just like being in the moment and understanding what the big news of the day is and right. what people out there care about. And that could be like this, um, uh, you know, big news around OU right now with change of leadership and everything. And there are a lot right. of developments with that. So I want to make sure that you know, we're not just rehashing what the news had last night. Right. So we have to find a way to advance the story uh, to keep people uh, engaged yeah. in that and to make sure people are getting the newest information so that they're not missing out on anything. Mm -hmm. They know what's going on um, in institutions and communities that are important to them. Right, right. Yeah, you, you touched on it, adding facts, more facts into just the random, or not the random, but the headline. Mm -hmm. And that's why I appreciate you when I see your, your Twitter feed. I see more facts added in and it just sounds mm -hmm. authentic. It sounds true. So I'm like, okay, I'll click on this and I'll start reading it. I think that's important. What about, can you sense when maybe your colleagues, before you guys go on camera, they're not, they're like, oh, I don't know. I mean, they get nervous and. No, we're all professionals. I mean, yeah. we've been doing this for a long time. Uh, you know, all of us, we, we've been a unit uh, on the morning show on Fox 25 mm -hmm. for a couple, like two and a half years now, mm -hmm. pretty much we've had the same core group of people, um, with the exception of Emily, who's our traffic reporter, mm -hmm. who is a fantastic journalist to begin with. Yeah. Uh, but she came on, uh, to fill a role that was vacated, uh, last year. Yeah. And so really it's the same group of people that have been together for, you know, two and a half years. And, you know, we're, you know, we got a job to do, and I think uh, the support. Uh, everybody on the shift does an excellent job of, of being in the moment and and bringing it yeah, every day. Every day, yeah, yeah. Three fifteen, two o'clock in the morning to six o'clock to nine o'clock in the morning, five days a week, maybe six days a week. What are some of your morning habits? How do you get 
focus for your day. <laughs> I am I am a creature of habit, like okay. 100%. Like I eat the same thing for breakfast every day. <laughs> I have the same amount of coffee. I have my coffee at the exact same time. Like I run like clockwork, you know, and um, like, and I'm cool with that. Like it might yeah. make me super boring, but you know, it's like I have, you know, a big change for me is like, I have overnight oats uh, every day for breakfast. Okay. It's a grab and go out of the refrigerator that I make ahead of time. And it's like, well, this week I'm having bananas and blueberries and a big change is, okay, this week I'm going to put like mangoes in it or something like that. Okay. But it's essentially like the same thing. Like you just like flavor it differently with different yeah. foods. Yeah. Which, so that's like <laughs> a big change for me. Um, it's the routine helps keep me focused yeah. and balanced every single day. Mm -hmm. um, because a lot of what we do uh, is on deadline. Yeah. And the show's not going to start at 5.02 if I'm running two minutes behind. The show's going to start right at 5 o'clock. Yeah. And I need to have certain things done in a timely enough manner to be able to, you know, uh, be on at 5 a.m. Mm -hmm. And it is a long morning from 5 to 9, four hours, five days a week, and then 20 hours of live news every single week. Yeah. I mean, that's a big load. So uh, the most challenging part of, of that is just, to, is just the um, staying in tuned for four hours straight every single day yeah you know like if you hit a wall at 7 15 it's like all right time to plow through that wall yeah um you you just got to sustain that energy and that mm. level of engagement all morning long until we're done at nine o'clock oh my gosh do you feel exhausted after the morning mentally exhausted yeah a little bit um because there is a sense sometimes where it's like man i left it all on the field today yeah. Um, yeah. And then there's other times where, you know, I'll get done with the show and I'm invigorated by like another project that, uh, that I'll be working on. Like I also take part in, um, I seek out some investigations. Um, mm. I have side projects that I do for work with St. Jude Children's Research Hospital with nice. Habitat for Humanity. Uh, we do a monthly segment where we highlight a STEM teacher uh, so I go and I tell stories of, of fasc fascinating, awesome, inspiring teachers who are out there in the community doing awesome things yep. in the area of science, technology, engineering, and math. Yeah. Um, those kinds of things keep me going yeah. um, outside of the regular uh, four-hour newscast every day. Right. And as a like, I'm a I'm a reporter at the from the core. Yeah. You know, that's where I started out doing, and that's why I got into doing this is to uh, to go out and report the news. And when I'm, when I'm out in the field all the time reporting, like I miss being at the anchor desk and yeah. when I'm anchoring all the time, like I miss reporting out in the field. So like I'm actively searching out opportunities to get out in the community mm -hmm. uh, and tell those stories, the stories that deserve to be told. And uh, part of what we do at Fox 25, like we, we have this slogan that we've got your back yep. and, and we hammer that home Love it. because that's our brand. And that's our, our point of difference as we call it. Because we're serving, I think, a segment of the Oklahoma City metro population that um, is has been, had been underserved, um, going after audience members who aren't just looking for your traditional newscast. Yeah. They expect that that's been, uh, you know, no dis disrespect to my colleagues at other stations. They do a fantastic job, and there are right. some, you know, excellent journalists mm -hmm. that I admire uh, here in the metro and. You know, there are, there are families with legacies and stations with legacies right. and 
you know, I watch this station because my parents watch this station and my grandparents watch this mm-hmm. station. So what we're trying to do is separate ourselves from kind of the norm here mm-hmm. in Oklahoma City and provide them with something different. And that's what our We Got Your Back brand yeah. is trying to bring to the table. And I, I hope it accomplishes that. So part of what I see that is, is um, uncovering stories on our own that they're not going to see on other stations. Mm-hmm. And for me, a couple of my my projects have been, um, recently I've, I uncovered um, some issues with Oklahoma City public golf courses yeah. and how they're, um, they're spending a lot of money to keep these golf courses open there. Um, and they're running at a, at a big deficit every single year. Yeah. And though, that's a story that hadn't been told. Right. And I, and I, that was something that I was, that I had looked into and I thought mm-hmm. was newsworthy. Uh, and we uncovered that, or if it's safety issues with Oklahoma City public school buses. Yeah. Um, you know, those are stories that are going to set us apart because, you know, I mean, let's be frank. I mean, you turn a lot of news stations on and it's a lot of the same stories. Yeah. Like, that's absolutely uh, You right. know, like, you know, half of us are going to lead with the same story every single night mm-hmm. or, you know, in the morning. And sometimes that's unavoidable. It's it's, it's just like, this is the big story. So yep. this is going to be what we're all covering. Sometimes you can't mistake, you, you can't avoid that. But, you know, I, I think I take a lot of pride in what we do differently mm-hmm. than other stations. And uh, to be able to fulfill that need in me to get out and report stories that are unique and important, I think, to right. tell in the community. And being able to set us apart from our competitors, I mean, that's a win-win. Yeah, that's huge. You 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 use a word investigative and phrase investigative reporter. Mm-hmm. So recently, I think for 2018, you were presented with the Arkansas-Oklahoma AP Broadcaster Investigative Reporter of the Year Award. That's huge. Yeah. Uh, that was congratulations. Uh, well, thank you. Thanks. Um, yeah, uh, I was. I'm honored for any type of award and, and that was a big one. And, uh, I, I, I am very, I, I take a lot of pride in that. Mm-hmm. Um, but what was more rewarding for me, uh, to give a little, uh, context here, um, that was for my investigation into Oklahoma city public school buses. Okay. And it was for uncovering just a, a plethora of, safety problems from emergency brakes that didn't work, emergency exits that didn't work. Um, at the time when I started digging into that, one out of every three Oklahoma City public school buses had some sort of safety issue. It, yeah. it fell short of state and national standards for safety. Mm-hmm. One out of every three buses. I mean, that's, it was, it was something like 70 buses, Oh man! you know, in the, in the school district had a problem and it had a lot to do with how the the buses were were aging and mm-hmm. it was it's harder to take care of older buses right. but the community has made a big investment through maps for kids initiatives through increased sales taxes um, school bonds to bring in newer school buses to help fix some of these problems so what was most rewarding for me you know the the, the award is 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 great and I don't mm-hmm. take that for granted but what was more rewarding for me is to see an improvement in the number of buses that had uh, issues. The, yeah. the overall safety of the school buses after we started investigating yeah. improved dramatically. It went from one out of every three school buses that had yeah. a problem to one out of every 10 school buses that had a problem. Uh, still more work needed to be done, but yeah. there was a significant uh, improvement uh, about six months after our 
our piece error or yeah. after I started digging into it. And that is a, that, that's why we do it. It's, you know, we're, I, I think it's our responsibility as journalists, whether you're in, working for a newspaper or radio station or a TV station, that mm -hmm. your local journalists are the community watchdogs. Yeah. And we are there to look into places where no one else is looking, mm -hmm. uh, uncovering problems in people's, you know, school districts or with their local government that wouldn't have been uncovered otherwise. I think that's right. our responsibility and our duty to do that because, you know, nobody else is going to do that. Yeah, no, that, that's huge. That's really huge. Also, do you think that being a photojournalist and a, a journalist and a editor and director has helped you get to where you are today as far as being I mean, you've a well-seasoned news anchor? Well, I've worn a lot of hats. Yeah. Uh, and it helps me most off, I think, understand uh, everybody else's job that of who I work with. Yeah. Um, I can sympathize with a lot of people and I can see things from their perspective. And I think that's a really tough part. Like I think that applies to a lot of different businesses yeah. and a lot of different fields where, you know, maybe we've just been one thing our whole lives. Yeah. And we've gotten really good at that one thing, but we also work with these other people. Mm-hmm. And we don't understand why they might have an issue with what we're doing, or we don't understand why it's so hard for them to do that job. Yeah. So that that helps me uh, understand a lot about what my colleagues are doing because, yeah, sure, you know, I've been a photographer and um, I, I've been a producer of a newscast, and uh, you know, I've uh, I've been an anchor and I've been a reporter and yeah. I've, I've been out in the I haven't been out in the field a lot and covering and big news and in big markets. Mm -hmm. um, it helps me understand what my colleagues are going through. And uh, I think that, that that says a lot. Yeah, I think that's huge. I think being staying curious about your job, staying curious about others and understanding other people's yeah. we're perspective. A team. I mean, yeah. we're, I mean, there's just no mistake about it. I mean, you are more valuable if you are if you can work in a team better. Absolutely. Right. And I think a lot of Absolutely. people can relate to that. I mean, yeah. We get so, uh, you know, one tr we're on a one track mind and, and yeah. we have these blinders on, obviously, because we're worrying about our own performance. Uh, but if we're uplifting the people around us, yeah. um, then everybody is going to succeed and then everybody wins. Yeah. You know, I think uh, that that that's something that I, we can all work on is to right. be more understanding of what our pe other people in our workplace are doing. So, um, you know, there's, there's less judging and more understanding and we're all better at lifting everybody up. Yeah. Speaking of uplifting, you're always dressed super nice. Oh. I've seen <laughs> your Instagram post. I can be bland, but I got a black suit and a white shirt on right it, now. That's It looks sharp and you got cool socks. <laughs> well, thanks. Yeah. So are we ever going to see you on a casual Friday on a news anchor with jeans? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Um, probably not. Right. Probably not. You know, I have this thing, um, like I heard Regis Philbin uh, say one time that, you know, I wear a suit out of respect for the audience. It's like mm. they have come, you know, and I, you know, it's like I, they turn us on, like, I want to be dressed well. You know, mm. I have, because I, I do that 100% out of respect for the audience. Right. You know, not, not that there's anything against people who do. Who might not wear a tie or something on a Friday or yeah, short sure. jeans on a on a Friday. It's like, you know, I get that and and 
I think that's cool and it makes you more relatable and it's mm -hmm. it gives this kind of like laid back kind of feel it's like right. hey i'm relaxed you can relax yeah um call me old school i think you know wearing a wearing a suit and tie every day is 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 the thing to do and for now that's my thing yeah okay i like <laughs> it i, I asked because i obviously i trolled your instagram and uh -huh. i see your posts and you mentioned the regis philbin and then you had in 2016, you had your <laughs> your voters presidential voting outfit on. I was like, man, this guy is very sharp. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah it's you got to keep it interesting too. You know, yeah. it's like you want thing. I first and foremost is like I want to look presentable and and clean cut. I guess. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Yeah. I actually, my wife was at work this morning. I texted her, hey. Should I wear a shirt and tie or you know a V-neck? What should I wear? She's like, what does someone at sports going put your tie? Uh, put your tie in the room in case if he's wearing a tie, there you go. Wear a tie. Hey, so when it went in doubt, trust your wife. Yeah, that's absolutely right. <laughs> Speaking of wife, does she uh, like your socks? Um, uh, my wife, my wife makes fun of me for my socks. It, it's very, it's she, um, she thinks they're a little loud sometimes or a yeah. little or a little too crazy, uh, but it, it's all a good fun. Yeah, and. Uh, you know, I take her advice to heart a lot of times because I'm like, you know, maybe my, my socks are a little too wild. Maybe I'll tone it down a little bit. I like them. And I have, actually. Yeah. They're not, I don't go for socks as wild as I used to, I guess. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, that's, that's part of your personal, I mean, your professional life. I want to get into a little bit of your personal life sure. now. So how does Chris uh, enjoy life? My kids bring me a ton of joy. Okay. And I think that's part of the balance when you've got um, my wife and I both work. We both have mm -hmm. you know, high powered professions that keep us incredibly busy. Yeah. And we have to balance that with raising three little girls. Right. I've got a five month old, a three year old and a soon to be five year old. And they require a lot of time and they go to school. Um, uh, you know, like they're, they're not in school all day. So it's not like we just drop the kids off of school and then we can work our jobs and then come back. And mm -hmm. my job especially creates challenges because of how early it is. Yeah. So, um, I find joy with my daughters. I have, uh, you know, I like to golf. Uh, I really enjoy music. Um, uh, uh, but you know, to me, like nothing like my Zen, like my happy place is sitting in our backyard yeah. on a beautiful day. The sun's shining. I've got a, you know, a cold beverage in my hand and I'm watching my <laughs> girls play yeah. and have fun. Like I could, you know, that's it, man. That's like my, that's my inner peace yeah. right there. That's awesome, man. You talk very cleanly and concisely and you dress well, obviously you're, you're always on TV and you always look good. So what if when your habits break down during the morning, does it throw you off or how do you adjust to? Oh man, like I <laughs> I don't know what that's like. I keep, I keep my habits. I keep my habits pretty tight and pretty consistent. Um, but you know, uh, you have to, you have to find a way to um, deflect whatever is trying to get in your way. Yeah. I mean, if you, especially when I, I talked earlier about viewers being able to see through if you're having a rough day or yeah. if something's bothering you or if you're if you're just not into it. So you've yeah. got to find a way to. To just put that, you know, on the back burner. You gotta, yeah. you gotta be able to disconnect the stuff that's getting in your way. Right. And uh, if that's a, you know, a habit, like if I, 
forgot my breakfast one morning or something uh -huh. like that. Like you can't let that derail you. Or if you've yeah. got uh, personal stuff going on, uh, you, you know, you've just got to be able to, to set that to the side so yeah. you can stay focused. That's awesome. Very good. And I think that a lot of that comes from um, a place of, uh, that comes from a lot of self-discipline. Yeah. And it comes from years of doing it. Right. I mean, it's harder like when you start off, like mm -hmm. especially like if you're working an odd shift, the mornings can really disrupt your entire life. Yeah. As soon as you start adjusting your sleep patterns, um, you're, if you're not like disciplined about it, like it could really screw some things up. Like mm -hmm. if you're not sleeping or your, your eating habits are thrown off, like that can lead to other things. So I'm, I'm able to say what I'm able to say now because I've been through, you know, I think I've worked this shift four times throughout my career. Yeah. And I've learned what works and what doesn't and how to adjust. Mm -hmm. Wow. Speaking of food, you're a really clean eater. I try to. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, I don't get me wrong. Meat is delicious. Yeah. I, I, I can eat it <laughs> and I don't, I, I, I love it because yeah. it's so tasty. Uh, I try not to eat a lot of it though. Yeah. I eat very little of it. Um, I tell you what, like <laughs> a hamburger has never tasted so good if you haven't had red meat in like 30 days, like that first bite of a hamburger, <laughs> like red meat has never tasted so good as having abstained from it for like yeah. 30 days or whatever. Um, but I try to, yeah, I just try to eat clean. Uh, it just, it just helps me feel better. Right. And it's a, it's a personal choice. And mm -hmm. uh, my, you know, it's like uh, my kids, like it's, it's, it's hard because I've got three kids who are, you know, kids and they're finicky right. and they only want to eat certain things. And, uh, trying to find healthier alternatives for them and like introducing them to healthier foods early on was yeah. was uh, very intentional for us and but we still we still want them to enjoy treats and finer things and right um, getting them to understand that you know you know ice cream is okay if as long as you're not eating a, a huge bowl of it like all the time or yeah whatever. but yeah. like it's a treat <laughs> and it's it's good to indulge in things right but um, but your body needs uh, good foods mm -hmm. so that you can be healthy. Yeah. You know, it's like, I love, like I was, it was a proud dad moment when, when my, my oldest daughter was, you know, she started mentioning all the fruits and vegetables that she thinks are yummy. And when she's, she wants a snack, so she'll go into the refrigerator and grab an apple or, nice. you know, some, some raspberries or some blueberries, yeah. or, you know, to see my kids, you know, like, oh, I'm hungry. I want a banana. And it's like, <laughs> That is an anytime food. You 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 can have that whenever. You know, just knock yourself out. Yeah, that's awesome. That was, that was proud dad. Always proud dad moments. Yeah, that's great. I my wife is obviously she's a health coach, so eating clean is very important for us too. And so when we have kids, eventually I think uh, try to follow in yeah, her footsteps. It's, it's hard, man. It, yeah, it's it's hard for yourself. Like it's even harder when you throw like a family into the mix. Like, right. When when you're making dinner for your whole family and like you've got to satisfy, you know four or five different palettes or, you know, four or five different groups of taste buds. And, yeah. You know, trying to make everybody happy while trying to be healthy. And, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, man, but, uh, it's, you got one body and you, we might as well take care of it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Going through your life up to this point now, what are some moments in your life that I call defining moments that have kind of led you to where you are or down a, a certain path? Yeah. Um, you know, the, the local TV news business can be, it's crazy. 
I mean, it's, it's, it is, it's, uh, very competitive mm-hmm. and it's high stakes at times. Yeah. The bigger markets you go, the bigger cities, like the more high stakes it becomes and the more, uh, the more is on the line. And there have been a few moments in my career where, um, you know, somebody's taken a chance on me. Those have been defining moments. Like somebody, mm-hmm. you know, somebody chose to hire me that, uh, they saw something in me for, for whatever reason. Like there was your first job in TV, they say is the hardest, like getting your first job, convincing somebody to hire a college student mm-hmm. to go be in front of the camera and to report on local news stories or to be an anchor or a reporter, something in front of the camera. It, they say it, it's the hardest one to do. And I was fortunate enough where I made a good impression with, uh, my first news director when I was an intern yeah. and we do this thing in local TV where we make like uh, a video montage basically of our work. Okay. And that's like more important pretty much than like our paper resume because news directors will see that and they'll be like, wow, that guy's got it. And that she, you know, she's got it. She doesn't have it. You know, I enjoy watching her. I don't like her. She's got a good look. He doesn't have a good look. I like his voice. I don't like her. You yeah. know, there are all these different things, but like, our tape is so important. And so like, I, I, I did not have the best tape coming out of school. I had an okay tape, mm-hmm. but I made a, a good enough impression. I think with, uh, my first news director that, uh, he hired me and, um, he promoted me. Uh, and like one of the moments that I'll never forget is when he handed me my resume tape back to me mm-hmm. and he said, and this was after he hired me, he handed it back to me and he said, I never even looked at it. Wow. And I was like, whoa, like, I'll always remember that. That, that, that was him taking a chance on me. I mean, because he knew that, um, uh, he knew how serious I was about getting into local TV and being a journalist because of the time that I had put in mm-hmm. um, as an intern and extra hours that I would work and days I would come in when I wasn't supposed to be there and I was willing to travel. And I, you know, I think I, I had a pretty good attitude. So he took a chance on me. You know, and on the other side of it, you know, you may be uh, the old square peg in a round hole. And it's just <laughs> not a good fit somewhere. Yeah. And, you know, you get you get bumped down or you get fired or let go mm-hmm. or those kind of things have have helped define my career as well. Like there have been times there there, there was one instance in my career where um, uh, I was let go and it was without cause and. It was a, mm. it was for a really tough job. I mean, like the job was demanding and it was hard. And, yeah. uh, I worked for some people that were really tough and, but that helped define me. I mean, that helped shape me, shape who I am now, like going through that adversity. Yeah. Uh, like I remember the manager, uh, the day that uh, I was let go from that job, he said, I wouldn't worry if I was you, you'd be fine. You'll be fine. You'll land on your feet somewhere and you're going to have a long and successful career wow. in this business. So it's, it's what you do, like when, whatever it is, if it's, you know, something in your personal life or your professional life, it knocks you down. Yeah. I mean, how you handle that and what you do afterwards. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's up to you. Mm-hmm. And, and that says a lot about somebody. I mean, you can use that as an opportunity to dust yourself off and reset and gain mm-hmm. a new perspective on, on life. Um, and I like to think that that's what I did is yeah. that, um, I learned, okay, well, you know, I learned a lot about the business. Yeah. Uh, and I learned a lot about myself after that moment. I think that was a defining moment for me 
that set me up for, uh, I think, for later on, uh, because I knew better who I was mm -hmm. and uh, kind of rearranged. Uh, I didn't really change much of how I did what I do, mm -hmm. but how I how I have navigate how I navigated the industry, I think changed after that. Wow. What do you think with social media? You talk about being competitive and then we got social media. It's 2019 everywhere. How, how do you handle that? Because you got that verified check mark. So mm. you're, you're Twitter verified. And so, I mean, it's a, it's a responsibility too. So social media is a, a huge part of what we do, and it's just getting bigger. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I started at a time where your manager didn't want you to be on Facebook because it was a distraction. Yeah. You know, and he'd catch you walk around the newsroom and he'd catch somebody on Facebook. He'd go, hey, get off of Facebook and get back to work. Mm -hmm. And now we're told to, you know, be on Facebook more. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's really evolved. But that's where people are. Right. You know, where is everybody today? Mm -hmm. We're on social media. Yeah. That's how people get their news. Mm -hmm. So um, it is a responsibility, but I think like um, it's different social media sites, you know, Facebook has a certain function and Twitter has a certain function. And, you know, I think, you know, people, if they take the time to like your, your page on Facebook, mm -hmm. they want to, they're liking you essentially. Like they want to yeah. see, you know, they don't want to see who you are on TV. Like they want a behind the scenes look. They want something personal, whether yeah. that's your family or your hobbies. Um, you know, they want a little something more and that's their place to get that. Yeah. And if I can lure them, I mean, you know, if they're, if they're gonna, you know, invest in me like that, um, there is a level of, of openness that you need. Yeah. You know, like that's kind of part of the job as, as being a news anchor is you're, you're, you're like, somewhat of this public figure mm -hmm. and you have to be willing to let people in yeah. some, yeah. which can be hard for some people who want to be private. But I, I view it as um, kind of a part of the gig Yeah, is, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm putting myself out there for you guys. Mm -hmm. And if I can, um, somebody who's, who's, um, who's, who's searched me out and somebody who's liked my page. And if I can get them to follow along, like, I can also share with them important news that's going on in their community. Right. So it's, it's two way street. Like you yeah. mentioned kind of like engagement and interaction. Mm -hmm. It's like, if, if you're viewing social media as like a one way path of communication, it's like, I think you're, you're doing it wrong Yeah. because it is an open dialogue and it's a way to engage and connect with viewers. And mm -hmm. I think if, if they, if they like what you're doing on social media, then, then hopefully they'll turn you on, on TV and they'll watch mm -hmm. more. Yeah. So, it, and then Twitter is, is totally different because, you know, Twitter is, um, it's kind of like a, a, somewhat of like a, re a reporter's notebook too. Yeah. It's like, you see a lot of reporters who are out there and they, it is real time, instant updates mm -hmm. of news that is going on and happening right now. Yeah. So we can give, it is an, an instant way to communicate and it is an instant way to know what's going on out there. Yeah. So if that's where you're getting your news, we want to be able to do that too. I think Twitter is less personal um, in a sense that it's not so visual. Yeah. Like uh, it's, it's more concise and more condensed. Whereas, you know, Facebook and Instagram are more 
um, I want to show you something. Yeah. It's more touchy feely mm-hmm. than Twitter, which is more thoughtful and uh, you're getting more information. Mm-hmm. Um, you're able to get more news out of it. And so I think you're going to see a lot of changes as local TV evolves and local, you know, we're not, we're going to stop calling ourselves TV stations here probably before long as we're going wow. to be media companies. Okay. You know, it's like, like, um, like our parent company is not a broadcaster. It's like they're a media company. So traditional, like over the air broadcasting is evolving and it has evolved, mm-hmm. um, over the past 10 years or so with the more online resources and more social media involvement. So we're going to find ways to deliver content, mm-hmm. however people want to receive that content, I got you. whether it's through their Instagram stories or if they want it through Twitter, they want it through Facebook. It's like, we're going to, it's going to, you know, we are fighting for people's attention really hard right now because there, there are countless ways people can get their information. Yeah. But who, in the end, who is going to be in your backyard looking into your kids' school buses? You know, it's not going to, it's not going to be somebody who's stationed in like Dallas or New York or Chicago or LA. Right. It's going to be somebody who lives in your community. Yeah. Who, to understands what's going on because they're talking with your neighbors and they're talking to the newsmakers in your community who are making the decisions that impact your lives. Right. So as as long as people have a vested interest in the communities that they live in, Mm -hmm. there are going to be, there's going to be a need for journalists in your backyard. Agreed. What's going to change is how that content is delivered to you. Mm -hmm. So maybe appointment television of, you know, a five o'clock newscast or a 10 o'clock newscast you know, that's it's you know, that might not be in the future the primary way that people get information. I mean, right. it's gonna be you're gonna that information is gonna find you wherever whatever with wherever on whatever platform that you're on. Yeah. Uh, that's true. I I love the energy and the passion and I can I can feel I mean, it well, right like, sitting across from you. Like my career's on the line here. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> if, if you're not evolving and you're not keeping up with it, yeah, then then you're a dying breed. Yeah. I mean, you like, we have to prove our, uh, they, we have to prove all the time why we're still relevant mm-hmm. because people can get information from anywhere. Yeah. It's like anybody with a cell phone can go out and get video of a crash or they can get video of, you know, uh, whatever's going on in their community. It's mm-hmm. like having phones in your hand now makes everybody a journalist if they want to. <laughs> they have a platform to do it. Yeah. And they've got the resources to do it. Like yeah. they have the equipment and technology and a platform. If it's their mm-hmm. Facebook page or Twitter or Snapchat or Instagram. Right. What's what I think is a big challenge going forward is, you know, how do we disseminate as news consumers what's real, what's not, what's hearsay, mm. what's ethical, right? Making sure that we're being fair. Um, and it's gonna take somebody with those ethics. Yep. And somebody with um, the training and the knowledge to be responsible with the information. Hundred percent. And so I think now, now more than ever, like it's it's important to know where your news is coming from mm-hmm. because there's so much to choose from out there. There are so many different sources. Yeah. So if we're being responsible in our choices of, of which outlets to follow and uh, knowing who it is that's uh, delivering the information, mm-hmm. you know that's going to be like kind of the, the 
you know, that's critical. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. I, I believe the human interaction is always critical, and more importantly, the the clear and concise communication mm-hmm. coming from your experience. You're you're trained in it. You understand it, and you when you deliver, it, it's clear and concise. Where if I go out there and I tweet a video, like, okay, is that that's just one side of it? But mm-hmm. What's where the facts behind that little video I just tweeted out? Exactly. Exactly. I mean, um, you have to have responsible people mm-hmm. um, involved or spearheading that distribution of content. Yeah. And so, you know, that's that's what we've been doing. It's yeah. Like, like you, um, people will trust their, you know, their local newspaper reporters. Like they know that so-and-so has been on the, the school beat for yeah. 15 years. Right. They can be trusted. Yeah. They can, they've watched this news anchor for however many years. That person can be trusted. Mm-hmm. It's like, um, you know, those people are trusted for a reason because they, they understand what's a big story and what's yeah. not. And they can, they know where to get the facts and they know how to deliver that in a fair and balanced manner where yeah. you're not, uh, you're not skewing anything and you're, make, you're making sure you're being unbiased. Yeah. As a as a news anchor, you you have to your mindset is I think is unique because you do a interview Q and A pretty much with Governor Stitt when he first got elected, and then you did another interview with uh, Bill Bellamy. And yeah. I mean, those <laughs> totally two different people transition. I mean, impressive. It, it all comes down to being prepared. It's like yeah. I'll prepare for. An interview with Bill Bellamy, like I'll prepare for an interview with the governor. Like it, it's I'll, I'll feel under more pressure interviewing the governor, <laughs> but I, you know, I don't. Like those are all important. Yeah. It's like I don't. It's like I don't want Bill Bellamy to come in and be like, "Hey, Bill Bellamy, what do you want to talk about?" Right. Like, like I, you have to know who these people are. Mm-hmm. You have to know what's what drives them and. You know, that, that's the same with the governor. It's like there are important questions when it comes to interviewing politicians. It's like we have a responsibility as journalists to ask the questions that we think are important and yeah. relevant to the people who are watching at home. Right. And we have like there there has to be an element of uh, a, being a little bit aggressive and not having fear to ask a tough question. Yeah. The question as long as it's fair, right, right, you shouldn't have a problem with it. It's, it's, you know, that's our job is to hold people of power accountable. Yeah. Um, because if we don't, who's going to hold them accountable? It's true. You know, it's like I think that's that's a big part of of why local news and local journalists are very relevant is because Agreed. we have the we have access to some of these people of power and these decision makers and newsmakers and. We can press them on stuff that, you know, they need to be pressed on sometimes. Yeah. You got to be okay to ask a tough question. I mean, yeah. And because that's part of our job. Yeah. I love it. Speaking of questions, what what are a couple questions you wish people would ask you? Um, you know, I. that's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> Something I, I haven't thought about before. I mean, I don't, you know. Um, I want people to feel like they can trust me mm-hmm. 
and know that I'm just a, a regular dad. I'm just I'm just a man with with kids and a wife and a mortgage and a you know and a uh, you know a career and I've got bills to pay and yeah. you know I like to have fun too. Um, other than that, like I just want I just want people to uh, understand what's going on in their backyard because mm-hmm. if they're not paying attention and they stop caring, like I fear what that would do for like society as a whole it's like people too. stop caring yeah and um because there are so many there there's a lot worth caring about yep and you know who's in charge of your community and and who's in charge of your police and who are yeah. the firefighters that are fighting your fires and you know how safe your school buses are and who's Absolutely. making those decisions and yeah you know who's spending your money yeah you know that's stuff that we should care about yeah um and it's it's our job to Make sure that that stuff's being done appropriately and ethically and responsibly. Yeah, and that's 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 I think the value of what we do. Right. I mean, it's it's like we're not going to be serious all the time, though. Uh, like we want to have fun, and yeah. because that's part of being relatable, and right. that helps lighten it up. Like a lot of people will come up and say, "Man, you know, there's just too much, you know, sad news. There's just too much bad news on." Uh, I, I can't do it. Mm-hmm. I turn the news on, I get depressed. It's just bad news after bad news mm-hmm. after bad news. So, but we understand that. So we need to break that up with right. with uplifting stories. Yeah, you know, it's like we want to empower you as a viewer to make better decisions, mm-hmm. and you know, um, to if it's saving you money or to help you live a better life or to save you some time. Yeah, or maybe it's just for a good laugh. Yeah, it's like that's <laughs> that's a way to break that stuff up. But yeah. Uh, to go back to your question, what's something I wish that people would ask me more is, um, you know, it's like I'm a pretty simple dude. So if they if they've got something to ask, ask it. Yeah. But I I, I want them to know that I, I'm just a guy who you know cares about the same things as as they do probably, yeah. and you know that my heart's in a good place, and um, I take my job very seriously. Yeah. Yeah. What about I'll ask I'll ask a question. What uh. Like, oh, you football? Are you in a collegiate football at all? Uh, to be honest, like, I'm more of an NFL guy okay. than I am a college football guy. Fair. Um, I, I think OU is one of the most storied collegiate franchises yeah. that you can find. Yeah. There's no other OU. <laughs> and the, the passion that OU fans have is like unrivaled. Right. Uh, they have a lot to be proud of. I mean, OU has a OU accomplishes like the bar is set so high, yeah, <laughs> because of of history. When you get two back to back number one draft picks, you get yeah. two back to back Heisman winners. You replace you know a legendary coach with an incredible coach. Yeah, you know, true. You, I mean, like winning is expected, <laughs> and uh, you know anything less than perfection is viewed as like <laughs> a letdown. Uh, but you know, I have great respect for OU and their mm. fans, and as well as OSU fans, because they're—I mean—to have <laughs> right. two to have two schools like that so close to each other, yeah, uh, with such storied and uh, with such storied schools and historic schools, right. um, you know, it 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 produces an awesome rivalry, mm-hmm. which I think is what sports is all about—is that yeah. parity 
you know, it is, it's one versus another. It's mm -hmm. a winner and a loser. I mean, there are two polar opposites. You love this team or you hate this team. Yeah. It makes for great stories. Yeah. And uh, I mean, man, that's, that's what Oklahoma is all about. Yeah. And, and I'm loving it. Yeah. Speaking of the state of Oklahoma, you touched on Oklahoma State. So I'm going to touch on Oklahoma State as well. Their wrestling program, phenomenal. Mm -hmm. John, uh, Coach John Smith is, man, legendary stuff out there. Yeah, I think Ooh. that um, because of football's popularity here, it overshadows yeah. a lot of the smaller uh, sports. Yeah, but there's so much talent here. I mean, if it's you were talking about, you could talk about OU gymnastics oh, or OSU man. foot or OSU wrestling. Yeah, um, there are you know uh, OU golf is incredible. I mean, like there are so yeah. many there are so many of, of those programs. Yeah. That are killing it. I mean, there's mm -hmm. so much talent here. I mean, both schools have so much to be brought up. They oh, yeah. Academics, athletics, the whole thing. You're right. Great state. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What are some setbacks you've gone through, um, aside from your defining moments, and how did you overcome them? Um, it comes, I think, for me personally, knowing a lot about yourself. Mm -hmm. uh, having a having a perspective knowing what's worth worrying about and what's not worth worrying about yeah um that comes with age like uh i'm at a really good place in my life right now because of a lot of ups and downs and trials and tribulations and and wins and losses and yeah that helps shape you as a person right um you've just gotta knowing who you are like if you're taking care of yourself and if you know who you are, mm. like it prepares you to deal with just about anything. Yeah. Like you can, you can overcome a lot. Like if you, if you, if you know who you are and right. you know what you're not, like if you don't make, if you don't, you know, uh, if you're honest about, no, I'm not good at that. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, maybe it's, you know, I'm not a good communicator or, um, uh, I'm not in touch with my feelings as much as this other person. Yeah. It's like, as long as you, as you know what you are, know what you're not. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm still figuring it out too. I mean, I'm in a good place, but hell, I haven't figured it all out. <laughs> Same. But that, that helps. That's helped me a lot. Yeah. I get through uh, a lot of stuff that I've been through. Yeah. Not that I've been through a whole lot, but what I have been through, it's helped me out. Well, I don't know. You sound like you've been through quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what, uh, what ticks you off? Does anything make you mad? Um, not as much anymore. Like, um, I lose my frustrations. You know, I still lose. I still get frustrated, and I mm -hmm. still, you know, uh, you know that that's a good way of putting it. It's like I'll get frustrated. Um, it's like I get frustrated with myself. Yeah. If because I take my job seriously, and like I want to perform, and I think I I like to hold myself to a high standard. Yeah. So I'll get frustrated if if. Uh, you know, I think I didn't have a good day or if I could have handled an interview better or, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I could have done better with a certain story or, or whatever. Yeah. If, if I forgot to ask a certain question. Yeah. You know, that's the kind of stuff that that'll tick me off. Yeah. But kind of going back to the previous point, it's like what helps me overcome some of that stuff is that I know there's going to be another interview mm -hmm. or, you know, I know I'm going to get another opportunity at this. Yeah. So. Uh, that's one of the great things about what uh, I do 
as a news anchor is that I've got another day tomorrow to make up for it. Yeah. It's like we get another chance tomorrow. It's like I can right. I can disconnect when I'm done with the work day and come back in early the next morning with mm. kind of a clean slate. Yeah. Uh it's like I don't take I don't take a lot of work home with me, if ever. So I'm able to separate that out. But uh that helps me overcome a lot is knowing that I get that I'm gonna get another crack at something. Yeah. You know? I love that. That's that's a good reminder and that's a good teaching moment for me because podcasting is not my uh, trained profession. So what I'm learning about is I'm learning from you. And if I didn't ask a question like, okay, well, tomorrow I'll re-listen to it or today I'll listen mm-hmm. to it again. I was like, okay, maybe I'll ask that question next time. And yeah. So I appreciate those. It's a great teaching point. You know, it's what it, it's, it reminds me of when we go out and shoot a story. Yeah. We go out to a school if I'm talking to a teacher or if I'm, uh, you know, if it's the governor or if it's, um, you know, um, an administrator with a school district or something mm-hmm. like that. We go back and we watch the tape. And I'm like, why didn't I? That was the moment to ask that question. Yeah. Or why didn't I ask the follow up question after they said that? Like, oh, that, I missed a moment. <laughs> So that happens to me all the time. Like I, yeah. I don't remember the last, I don't know if I've ever reviewed a piece of tape and thought that it was, that I nailed it. Right. You know, it's like, yeah. there's always something I, I wish I could have done better. Yeah. There's, you, know, you put together a, you know, even like, like you mentioned that um, Associated Press Award, there are, there are things I would have done differently <laughs> in that story. Yeah. I don't think that that's, those stories are perfect. Like I did a few of those stories. They're far from perfect in my book. Mm. Um, I would have done things differently. Yeah. I spent, I spent months on those stories Yeah, and there's still stuff I would have done differently. Yeah. Yeah. But you have to take that. You'd be like, you know what? Like it's not perfect, but you know, it's, this'll do. Yeah. And it's not like, well, it's not, some people will listen to that and they'll go like, he's settling, you know, he's saying like, it's okay to settle. And I'm just, I'm just saying it's okay to be real about it. Yeah. It's like, be honest and real about it. It's like, no, it's like, I'm not the world's greatest investigative reporter or I'm not the world's best anchor and I'm not the world's best storyteller. Right. But, you know, that's the best that I could put out in that moment under those circumstances. Yeah. And I'm, I gotta, you gotta be honest about that. This goes back to knowing what you are and knowing what you're not. Yeah. It's like you're not the world's best investigative reporter, then you shouldn't expect yourself to produce the best investigative report that's ever been put out. Yeah. It's, it's just being real and, and honest about who you are. Yeah, I love that, man. No social media. If you had three people to call or meet <laughs> in person, who would oh, they wow. be? Like of anybody ever? Yeah, ever. Um, man, um. Uh, I, I am a huge fan of Malcolm Gladwell, who, uh, is an author. He does podcasts. He's an incredibly smart man. He's, Mm. he's a brilliant storyteller. I would love to sit down. Like if I could call anybody, like I would, he is, he's one of like, if you're talking about like celebrities or famous people or, um, you know, great minds that are out there. Um, 
you know, you know, this is going to sound, you know, dumb or cheesy, but you know, I find great comfort in talking to my wife, mm -hmm. you know, when you've been married, like we've been married for seven years now. Yeah. And you know, we, we've been through a lot together. We've been through a lot of moves and having kids and, um, uh, you know, she's, she keeps me grounded. Mm -hmm. And so she would be, she'd be on that list. If I left her off that list, she'd be like, Ooh. what, you wouldn't call your wife? Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, um, uh, I mean, there, there are a million people that I would, that I, that I'd want to, you know, I mean, if you're talking about past and present, I would think that, uh, Peter Jennings mm. would be on my list. Like if I could sit down and have a conversation with anybody kind of like past or present, like, uh, yeah. I've always loved Peter Jennings. I grew up watching Peter Jennings. He helped my generation get through, uh, the Gulf war. Uh, he did, like he was, he's on my Mount Rushmore of, of news anchors. Wow. And, um, he's, he's, he passed several years ago, but, right. um, that is a man I would love to, to just pick his brain or, or call him up and chat him up. Man, high power people, your wife included. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well done. Yeah. Yeah. What would be something you would tell your younger self? What advice would give you? It's going to be self? okay, man. It's going to be all right. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Stop worrying so much. Like things will be fine. Um, <laughs> You know, I, I, I think that it took me a while to, um, to come into my own and to mature mm -hmm. and to realize what life's really about. And, um, so, you know, I, I'd like, yeah, I would tell myself, dude, it's going to be, you're going to be all right. Yeah. Like you'll get there. Yeah. Like. Don't worry. Like if you're if your mind's in the right spot and you're taking care of yourself and you treat others around you well and you're honest and you do the right thing, everything is going to be all right. I like it. Simple, sound advice. <laughs> when was the last time you challenged yourself with doing something you've never done before, and what was the outcome? Um, it's been a while. Just because we're we're in this like we're in this um. We're in this good groove of like family mm -hmm. life. Yeah. Um, um, like it's been a while. I mean, like that's yeah. a great thing. Like you're reminding me, like I got to step out of my comfort zone every once in a while. Yeah. Um, I loved, I love taking risks. Um, I took a lot more risks when I was younger. For sure. Uh, before kids. Yeah. For sure. Like it's funny, like uh, my wife and I and some neighbors were just talking the other day about like going skydiving, like. I used to want to go skydiving. Like it was like, <laughs> I, I wanted to go skydiving so bad. And like I did, but then after we had kids, it's like, I never go skydiving yeah. because if something were to go wrong, like I'd hate to know what would happen to my kids. And yeah. um, <laughs> so there are a lot fewer risks that I'm taking these days, but you know, when I was, when I was younger, I mean, like um, if it's, you know, going mountain biking or wakeboarding or snowboarding, you know, hitting a big jump or a big wave and like launching and taking off. And like, those were risks that I was okay with taking back then. Yeah. And my body was more comfortable with, uh, <laughs> when I was that age, but, um, 
But there are also other risks out there, like taking a risk to, you know, now that I think about it, like not a physical risk, but like a life risk of mm. like uprooting your family and moving them to a different state. Mm. Yeah. That's a risk. Ooh, that's a good one. And we've done a, we've done a couple of those. Um, and yeah, like the out the here, like moving here, it's been great. Like the outcome has been awesome. Yeah. I mean, this, this went, um, about as well or better than, than I could have expected, but yeah. there's all, I mean, like, you don't know what's going to happen sometimes. It's right. like, do I take this job? Do I not take this job? Mm-hmm. Do I buy this house? Not buy this house? Is this the right school for my kid? You know, is you know, those are all risks. Yeah. yeah. You take. You That's know? true. That's true. I'm glad you took this job because I feel like Oklahoma and as a state is a really great state. Oklahomans are awesome. They are. And they really are. You're authentic, so we relate to you really well when you're out in our backyard. I appreciate yeah. that. I hope a lot of people feel like yeah. that way. I mean, like you take me for what I am. Like, um, I'm not trying to pretend to be something that I'm not. Yeah. It's like, you know, you know this is this is me. Yeah. That's true. Not a whole lot to me, but this is me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I saw you this morning. You did a segment with uh, the movie man on your on. Craig the movie guy. Yeah, Craig the movie guy. And so I thought about this question. It's like, man, what part, like if you look at your life right now, is there a scene from a movie that you could relate your life right now with? Oh, man. Uh, That's a good question. Um, um, I love movies. I I haven't seen a lot of movies since I, like my wife and I always joke or I'll joke with my colleagues. Because yeah. they'll talk about what the latest movie is. Oh, I went to go see Avengers Endgame and it was awesome. Or I saw Black Panther and it was great. Or whatever's in theaters. And like, I think the last time I was, I went to the movies, like the theaters, I was probably five and a half years ago. Wow. Because I, I I don't think I've gone to the theaters since I had kids. Because I'm not, I'm not ready to tackle that yet. Okay. Like, <laughs> and when my wife and I have like a date night, yeah. we, we choose to spend time with each other, just the two of us, like, we don't want to sit in a movie theater for two hours and not talk to each other. Right. So, you know, we'll, you know, we we're intentional about that kind of stuff so mm-hmm. we can um, spend some time together. Love so it. we're, so we're, we're both interacting and we can catch up and talk about things and, and dream, you know, about yeah. life. Um, uh, <laughs> so that's a good question. I'm sorry. I didn't give you a better answer, but no, I'm not sure right. what, what scene from a movie I think is playing out in my life. right Yeah. Now. Well, Secret Life of Pets 2 is coming out. I don't know if your five-year-old <laughs> and three-year-old are up for that. You're your four, five-month-old. I don't know. We've seen that for that. Yeah. We've seen it. Yeah. And yeah. speaking of movies, you look like a younger version of Tom Cruise. Yeah, people I get that tell a you lot. That? I get that a yeah. lot. It's the nose. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm a, I'm, for the record, I'm much taller than Tom Cruise. Oh, yeah. I got several inches on Tom Cruise. How tall are you? 6'3", 6'4", somewhere in that. And that's that's probably the one thing I get the most is when somebody sees me out in public, they're like, "Man, you are a lot taller in person than you are on TV." Seriously. And uh, part of that's because my co-anchor Jasmine is tall too. Yeah. So we look like we both look normal when we yeah. stand next to each other. Yeah. But I, I get the Tom Cruise thing <laughs> often. Yeah. I've gotten that for like fifteen years. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good thing. I'm a huge Tom Cruise fan, so <laughs> I have a lot of respect for Tom Cruise. Jasmine does a really good job, by the way, with uh, you guys, your your banter and your chemistry on set. Yeah, she is uh, she is real. Mm-hmm. Um, she is a character. 
Um, she is smart. She's funny. Um, and uh, since we started two and a half years ago, uh, it's been a real good partnership. Yeah. You know, we joke around with each other. We call each other partner because, yeah. you, know, you know, thanks for having my back partner. Yeah. We'll say to each other. And, yeah. And we really feel that way because, you know, we're up there together. I mean, that's a, mm -hmm. it's a unique uh, relationship, like between yourself and a co-anchor. It's like yeah. you have to be able to trust each other. Right. You have to have faith mm -hmm. in each other and know know what's off limits and what's okay with yeah. each other. It's like, you, you, you know, she's my friend and I want to, you know, I know when I can razz her and when, yeah. and when it's in, and, and, uh, <laughs> and vice versa, she knows what she can razz me about and what not to. Yeah. Um, but we have a, we have a really good relationship and I respect her a lot. That's fantastic. If you could go back in time and change any outcome, would there be anything you would change? With myself? With yourself. Um, no, no, because whatever has led me up to this point is the result of all of my decisions in the past. Mm -hmm. And if I would have changed something, you know, that would have shot the traje trajectory somewhere else and I'd be a totally different person or, um, uh, I, I'm not going to live life in regret or question previous, you know, choices that yeah. I made. You have to hold yourself accountable too. It's like I made that decision then, and I got to be okay with that. Because mm -hmm. you know, you, what good is life if you're just looking back on? Yeah. Oh man, you know, you know, I wish I would have, you know, I wish I would have tried out for JV basketball in high school. Yeah. I could have been, you know, you know, the next Paul George. Yeah. But I just didn't try. If I would have only tried then, mm -hmm. you know, or if I would have applied to this school, or if I would have taken this job, or if I would have asked her out, yeah. you know. No, it's like, you got to be okay with the decisions that you make. And I think that goes back to being like comfortable with yourself, yeah. you know, like, Agreed. Uh, and knowing what you are and what you, and who you're not. And, uh, no regrets, man. I like it. I like it. How else do you contribute back to society? Um, you got to be invested in your own community. Mm -hmm. You know, um, the station does a lot with that. I mean, that's part of our we've got your back brand yeah. is to give back to the community. And we do a few, uh, we have, we have like three big initiatives that we do at Fox 25 and, and I'll try to touch into some personal stuff here in a moment, but, yeah. um, we do a uh, get pink is our big breast cancer initiative at Fox 25, um, helping out, you know, trying to raise money for survivor, you know, for, for breast cancer research and, mm -hmm. uh, to help ensure there are more survivors and, we work with St. Jude Children's Research Hospital, uh, raising money for them to to make sure that they're able to do their groundbreaking and life-saving research that they're wow. able to do and you know, get kids the, the best cancer treatments possible. That's, the, that's a cause near and dear to my heart. And Habitat for Humanity is another big one for us. And that's a project that I'm fortunate enough that my managers were um, open enough to pursue whatever I started. I was emailing my boss before I had even started at Fox 25. And I said, I want to build a house for Habitat for Humanity. Mm -hmm. I don't just want to like volunteer one day and we'll swing some hammers and it'll be a photo op. Like, right. I want to build a house. Now I want everybody at the station to build a house. And 
they're you know it's like okay he was like slow down we'll get to that kind of stuff after you start the shop yeah <laughs> uh, but then it was just a couple of months later that I was I was sitting down with our news director and general manager and they're like we want to do this and we built two houses already with Habitat for Humanity in two years and it takes the volunteer work from everybody at our station to, yeah to get out there and frame the walls and paint and caulk and put up siding and you know to do all that stuff to build a house mm -hmm. for a, a family that desperately needs it to give them yeah. a better situation so you it goes back to like your responsibility of, of what we do yeah it's like we're a part of the community and you know it's it's our home too yeah so let's let's help the people out around us you know man and uh you know in and personally, you, you got to be able to to donate your own time. You know, uh, we help out with you know Salvation Army occasionally. Mm -hmm. We were very involved. Uh, I mean, we're involved in our church and the, some of the projects that they do. And I think a, a different way to look at it is also like what you do for your neighbors. Yeah. What you do for your fellow man, just being yeah. like a good person. You know, helping people out who are in a tough situation. Right. It's just like just being a good person, and, and I mean, it's, it's it's just the right thing to do. Yeah, you know? I love it. You know, we we talk we talk about authenticity a lot in this podcast so far, and we mentioned it, it's not just for photo op. You want to build a house, and it's so true to the word. It's so true to your person. Well, you guys built like, a house. Yeah, two I mean, homes. I mean, I've. Wow. I've, I've been in, like, I've seen a lot over the years where it is simply like a photo op. Yeah. Or it's like, we'll cover an event where, you know, uh, a professional baseball player or something says he's going to come volunteer at a local ball field. And, yeah. Like, you know, help renovate the ball field. And he'll show up and he'll just like, he'll do something for a photo op and then right. he leaves. Yeah. It's like his presence is like the, the yeah. thing or whatever. And that's what's important. And I don't. I don't want it to be a photo. I, I could care less if the cameras are there or not. It's, yeah, it's like we have the resources to make a difference. Um, and you know, we do things where we volunteer and we serve meals at uh, the Salvation Army mm -hmm. food kitchen and, and and the soup kitchen. And like, I could care less if the cameras are there to get pictures right. of that. Right. Um, it's it's nice to show the public that we care, but you know that that to me is not a photo op. That's just us doing the right thing. Yeah. And if they want to take pictures of that, that's fine. But right. like, that's us actually being there doing the work. And if it's, if it's Habitat for Humanity, it's like, you know, it's like, no, we'll spend a whole day out there and we'll get all covered in paint or, you know, uh, I'll get, you know, a handful of blisters from swinging a hammer all yeah. day. You know? So it's, it's definitely not just a photo op for us. That's awesome. Or for me. What are you most proud of? Uh, I am most proud of seeing how my little girls are growing up. Yeah. Every like they grow up fast, man. Like when you have when you have little kids, I'm like I always joke around that like the days are long, but like the years just fly. Fly, yeah. You know, it's like you go to sleep one night, wake up, and all of a sudden they're five. Like my daughter's <laughs> about to turn five. I'm like, where did all this time go, man? Right. But so I am proud when they figure something out on their own yeah or you know like just proud moments when they do the right thing yeah um 
and that you see them learning or you see them, you know, develop empathy or something like that. Mm. Like those are proud moments. That's those are awesome. proud dad moments. Yeah. I love it. I, I see your hashtag dad life. Dad life, um, man. <laughs> I live it every day. Yeah. The proud moment of your daughter grabbing an apple or banana or blueberries from the fridge. Yeah, man. <laughs> those are proud. Those are proud moments. Good stuff. I mean, so like my, my life at home has a lot to do with, um, taking care of my kids right going back to like my wife and i both balancing you know our careers with raising a family um you know we both put in and she puts in a lot of work i mean mm -hmm. my wife i i couldn't do what i do without my wife's support yeah um not only like her support personally for me but what that means that like she has to give up or the changes that she has to make and mm -hmm. The demands that that puts on her and she does i mean she is phenomenal like she, she think, think about it like she's got to get three kids up fed dressed out the door to school mm -hmm. every single day by herself yeah and then start her job yeah sometimes she's starting her work like when she's in the car dropping the kids off at school it's like she's balancing a lot and you know when it comes to like uh, to moms that have, you know, awesome careers. Like she, I don't know how she does it, but, but she's killing it. Yeah. <laughs> she, she is, she's, she's incredible. Seriously. Cause while she's doing all that, you're on the news. I'm at work, man. Yeah, like I already going. Like I pretty much abandoned them in the morning. Like I'm yeah. never around in the morning cause I have to go to work mm -hmm. so early. So I'm out the door before anybody gets up and that puts a lot of demand on her. Mm -hmm. Um, and she, she does so, I don't know how she does it. Like she gets those kids to fall in line, you know? <laughs> That's awesome. And, uh, you know, and, and, and she's, she's doing it with toddlers. Yeah. So, you know, toddlers will do toddler things and she's got to, she got it. She goes through that every morning and, you know, I am, I'm going to be forever grateful to the work that she's putting in yeah. right now, pretty much so that I can have the job that I've been, uh, in the hours that I work right now. Yeah. Wow. What's your path forward going from here on out? You know, I get that question a lot. Like, where do you see yourself in mm. five years? Or you want to end up in a network someday? Or, you know, I've for like the past 10 years, like I haven't thought more than like a couple of years out. Yeah. Like I want to focus on what I'm doing now. Yeah. Because because if you if you put in the work and you have a good attitude and you focus on on doing the best daily or weekly, mm -hmm. you're gonna get in a good position where you can make a, a, the right decision about yeah. your future. It's like that kind of stuff is gonna set you up. Like you can have some kind of like vague, um, you know, path that you wanna take. Like, you know, my goal could be as simple as, I wanna keep on doing what I'm doing as long as I can do it. Yeah. Like I want to just continue on a path forward or upward yeah that could it could be as simple as that and that's kind of like that's kind of how i view it it's right. like i just i want to try to maintain and and move forward mm -hmm. hopefully at an upward trajectory yeah for sure um because if you if you if you if you're doing the right things in the moment man it's like that kind of stuff is going to be that that stuff will almost take care of itself yeah that's true Last question for you. How how do you want to be remembered? 
Oh, I don't, uh, you know, I don't think about, I never think about legacy. I never think about what I'm going to, I want to, you know, I want to, I want to, I want my kids to, I want to raise good kids. Yeah. And I want to instill in them good values. And, you know, I would love it if they, you know, I want them to have a great education and give them everything they need to have a successful life. Yeah. And that's not necessarily giving them things, but that's instilling in them yeah. good values and, and making sure they've got a good head on their shoulders. Um, but I don't think about how I want to be remembered. Mm -hmm. You know, like I'm not trying to cement any sort of, of legacy. Maybe that'll change when I'm 50 or 60 and I look yeah. back and I'll be like, what are they going to remember me for? Yeah. And I'm just like, I want, I want, um, what's important to me is how my, my kids remember me. Yeah. Um, I want to be like, I want them to think of me as, you know, he was a good dad. Like he was, he was fun. He was there. I think more than yeah. anything, like my dad was around and he was there and he was there when I needed him. Mm -hmm. Uh, that's as far as they go with legacy. That's awesome. Wow. So how do we get in touch with you? How do our listeners and viewers get in touch with you? No cell phone, but just. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Chris A. Stanford. Okay. That's Chris A. Stanford on, on, uh, on Facebook on twitter and on instagram it's, yeah. it's the same thing chris a stanford a yeah. is my middle initial okay austin oh okay <laughs> it's my middle name chris a stanford so at chris a stanford That's both it. on twitter and That's instagram it. i'm a good follow very if, good follow if you love pictures of cute little girls and <laughs> uh you know diy projects and random you know thoughts on what's going on in the news it's a great follow I agree with you. Well, Chris, thank you so much for your oh, time. Hey, thank you for being uh, you thank you so for much. being a very loyal uh, viewer and a loyal follower on social media. Man. Oh yeah, it's like you are. Uh, <laughs> it's like I, I always, you know, I grin a little bit every time that you any, any reply or retweet or comment. I'm just like, I'm like, man, he's like, there he goes again. I'm like, what's he? No, I, I appreciate that, and I, yeah. I don't take that kind of stuff for granted. So, yeah. so thank you for having me on. Absolutely. Well, you approve this podcast? I approve this podcast. Boomer sooner. <laughs> My name is Wong Lam, and I approve this podcast. Um. I truly hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you have a defining moment or moments you would like to share, please reach out to me. I would love to visit with you about it and share it with the world on a podcast. Here's how to find me. Visit my website, www.definingmomentspod.com. Follow me on Twitter at DefMomentsPod. That's at D-E-F Moments Pod. Search me on Facebook, Defining Moments Podcast. Follow me on Instagram at Defining Moments Podcast. That's all one word, at Defining Moments Podcast. Subscribe to Defining Moments Podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you enjoyed listening to this show, I would be extremely honored if you gave us a review. This helps boost this podcast so more people can find it. Go out and be a positive influence today, every day. Make someone smile. My name is Wong Lam, and I approve this podcast.